Chapter Forty Two of Cripps the Carrier by Richard Doddridge Blackmore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Forty Two, Meeting the Coach. There happened, however, to be someone else whose opinion differed very wildly from that of Mister Hardnow as to the necessity for any prompt appearance of either mr or mrs joseph smith the old red house in cross duck lane was ready to jump out of its windows if such a feat be possible with eagerness and anxiety at the long absence of its master mr luke sharp had not crossed his own threshold for ten whole days including two sundays when even an attorney may give leg bail to the power under whose ca ad sa he lives the business of the noble firm of piper pepper sharp and company was falling sadly into arrears at the very busiest time of year for mr sharp had always kept his very best clerks in leading strings and kit thus far with his mother's aid had battled against all articles christopher fermitage sharp esq was resolved to be a country gentleman and a sportsman and no quill driver he felt that his arms and legs as well were a great deal too good for going on and under a desk with fine resignation kit accepted the absence of his father with his father away he was a very great man with his father at home he was quite a small boy he liked to play master of a house and frighten his mother and the maids and vow to dine at the mitre all the rest of the week if that was their style of cookery but poor mrs sharp could not treat the matter thus truly delighted as she was to see her boy take his father's place and conduct himself with dignity as the head of the household and find fault with things of which he knew nothing and order this that and the other way still she could not help remembering that all this was not as it ought to be christopher ought to have been in tortures of intense anxiety and so far as that went so ought she and she really tried very hard not to sleep and to sit up listening for the night bell but a man who thinks everything of his own will and nothing of any other person's wish may be pretty sure that none will miss his presence so much as himself does in spite of all that mrs sharp was anxious and so were the rest of the household though rather perhaps with care than love at the long unaccountable absence of the head and the brain of everything even the boys in cross duck lane who had a strong idea that lawyer sharp would defend them against the magistrates were beginning to feel that they must look out before throwing stones at any other boys you are not at all the thing my darling boy said mrs sharp to christopher on the evening of that same monday on which the council had been held at shotover your want of appetite makes me wretched now put on your cloak my pet and go as far as carfax or magdalen bridge the two evening coaches will soon be in the defiance and the regulator i have a strong idea that your father will come by one or other of them i may just as well go there as anywhere else the young man answered gloomily for some days now he had striven in vain for an interview with his charmer and the most unkindest cut of all he had spied her once and she had run away it does not matter where i go when you talk like that dear child you have no idea what you do you simply break the heart of your poor mother and much you care for that 
now if you should see any very fresh calves sweetbreads or even a pig's fry or anything you fancy order it in dear at once and be sure that you are home by nine o'clock and bring your dear papa with you if you can kit with a sigh and a roll of his eyes flung his cloak around him and with long slow melancholy strides clomb the arduous steep of carfax if any faith there be to brute of veterans eighty well-equipped quadrigi daily passed with prance of steeds and sound of classic trump and often youthful charioteer more apt to handle than win ribbons forty chariots came from smoke and wealth and din of blessed rome and other forty sped them back with the glory and mud of the country divine the moody kid ensconced himself away from the tramp and the vulgar crowd in the beetling doorway of a tailor who had put his shutters up and thrice being challenged by proctors velvet-sleeved and velvet-salvaged pro sir are you a member of this university thrice had the pleasure of answering no once and again he wiped his hectic cheek and fevered brow with a yellow bandana from which the winner of last year's derby was washing out and he saw the defiance in the regulator pass newly horsed from rival inns exalting their horns against one another with splinter bars swinging behind cocked tails all eager for their race upon cheltenham road but he saw not the author of his existence yet no tear bedewed his unfilial eye though these were the likeliest coaches all right he said putting his pipe in its case governor won't come home to-night i'm in no hurry if he isn't i think i'll have sheep's trotters it's a beastly time of the year for anything twitching his cloak which had two long tassels he strode from his post of observation and morbid meditation towards a tidy and clean little tripe shop he knew the old woman who kept it in george street she always put him into good condition by generous admiration alas he had stridden but a very few strides when he met the up-coach from woodstock wearily with spent horses making rally for the star the driver a man of fine family at christchurch now in his seventh term and fighting off his smalls with a turn of his strong arm pulled the team together while with the other hand he launched a scouring flourish of the shrill scourge over every blessed horse's ears well done my lord said a gentleman on the box as the four horses pulled up foot for foot and stood with their ears and their noses one for one you have brought them up in noble style my lord i never saw it done more perfectly my lord touched his white hat and said nothing he had crowned his day as he always loved to crown it and now if he could get into a back room of the star pull off his top boots and cape and don cap and gown and fetch back to college clear of five pounds fine as happy as any lord would he be till nature sent him forth to drive again to-morrow but kit having very keen ears had recognized even from the other side of the street the sound of his dear father's voice mr luke sharp never missed a chance of commending a nobleman's exploits but he would not have spoken in so loud a tone perhaps if he had known that his son was near at hand for he hated with a consistent hatred whether he were doing well or ill all observation of his movements by any member of his household christopher being well aware of this pushed his own course in the shadow 
a resolve of filial piety to keep his good father in sight for fear of his falling into any mischief first of all mr sharp as observed at a respectful distance by his son went into the coach-office and there left his hand-bag and his travelling-coat then carrying something rolled under his arm he betook himself to a little quiet tap-room and called for something that loomed and steamed afar very much after the manner of hot brown grog ho ho muttered kit then he isn't going home my duty to the household commands me to learn why with a smack of his lips mr sharp the elder came out into cornmarket street again and turning his back on his home set forth at a rapid pace for the broad desert of st giles here he passed into an unlit alley in the lonely parts beyond st john's and kit full of wonder was about to follow but hung back as the receding figure suddenly stopped and began to shift about in a nice dark place the learned gentleman unrolled the travelling rug he had been carrying undoubled it after that from the same selvage and lo there was a city watchman's large loose overall then he pressed down the crown on his black spring hat till it lay on his head like a pancake pulled the pouch of his long cloak over that and emerged from the alley with a vigilant slouch whistling mole maloney considerable surprise found its way into the candid mind of christopher well now thought the ungrateful youth as he shrank behind a tree to peep i always knew that the governor was a notch or two too deep for us but what he is up to now surpasses all experience of him what shall i do it seems so nasty to go spying after him and yet things are taking such a very strange turn that for the sake of my mother who is worth a thousand of him i do believe i am bound to see what this strange go may lead to young curiosity sprang forth and strongly backed up his sense of duty insomuch the kid after hesitating and listening for any other step stealthily followed the author of his existence across the dark and dusty road he is going into squeaker smith's thought the lad he will get a horse and ride away no end and of course i can never go after him i am sure it has something to do with me such troubles are enough to drive one mad but mr sharp did not turn in at the lamp-lit entrance to those mows he shunned the beaming oil which threw barred shadows upon sawdust of a fine device and keeping all his merits in the dark strode on like a watchman newly ordered to his post then suddenly he turned down a narrow unmade lane hillocked with clay and leading as christopher knew quite well to the wildest part of jericho i will follow him no further said kit sharp with a pang of astonishment and doubt he is my father what right have i to pry into his secrets how i wish that i had not followed him at all it serves me right for meanness i will go home now what care have i for anything trotters cow-heel or sweetbread as he turned to carry out his good resolve with a heart that would have ailed him more for leaving fears unfinished the sound of a clouding loutish footstep came along the broken mud-banks of the narrow lane the place was lonely dark and villainous footpads still abounded kit knew that his father often carried large sums of money and always the great gold watch 
he might have been decoyed here for robbery and murder upon pretense of secret business clearly it was the young man's duty not to be too far away therefore he drew back and stood in the jaws of the dark entrance but while he was ready to leap forth if wanted the sound of quiet voices told him that there was no danger kit could not hear the first few words but his father came back towards the mouth of the lane as if he would much rather not go into the dark too deeply christopher therefore was obliged either to draw back into the hedge and there lie hid without moving or else to come forward and declare himself he knew that the latter was his proper course or he might have known it if he had taken time to think but the dread of his father and the hurry of the moment drove him without thought into the lurking place it was quite dark now and there was not a lamp within a furlong of them you quite understand me then mr sharp was speaking in a low clear voice you are not to say a word to cripps about it he is true enough to me because he dare not be otherwise but he is an arrant coward i want a man who has the spirit to defy the law when he knows that he is well backed up governor i'm your man for that i have defied the law since i were that high with only my mother and the wickest to back me what i mean is to defy the wrong fashions of the law the petty rules that go against all common sense and equity all the fashions of the law be wrong i might have got in the world like a house afire if it hadn't been for that devil's own law to tell me a thing is again the law is as good as an oyster to my teeth go on governor no fear of that i say and you know where to find at any moment the man as resolute as yourself joe smith well you know what you have to do in case of any sudden stir arising at present all goes well but all at any moment may go wrong squire overshoot is about again at last ah, if i could only come across a he of a dark night such as this be and that fool cinnaminta has told him all she knows which luckily is not very much i took good care to keep women out of it and the carrier too has been smelling about but he hasn't the sense of his own horse night and day george night and day keep a lookout and have the horses ready you know what i have done for you my man governor if it hadn't been for you i might have seed the clouds through the halter loop you speak the truth and express it well and you may still enjoy that fair opportunity unless you attend to every word i say no fear governor i know you too well a good friend and a bad enemy you be thick and thin sir thick and thin again all the world sir i sticks by you enough for to-night my man get ready and be off i shall know where to find you as before i shall ride over to-morrow if i find it needful with these words mr luke sharp set off at a good round pace for oxford while the other man shambled and whistled his way homewards up the black-mouthed lane perceiving these things christopher sharp with young bones leaped from his hiding-place astonishment might have been read upon his ingenious and fat countenance if the lighting committee of the corporation had carried out their duty but having no house of their own out here they had far back put colophon on the nascent gas-pipe 
the ambition of the city at that time was to fill all the houses of the citizens and extend in no direction but though his countenance for want of light only wasted its amazement kit like hector with his windpipe damaged but not by any means perforated gave issue to his sentiments unlike hector so far as we know kit had been forming a habit of using language too strong for ladies blow me was his unheroic exclamation blow me if ever yet i knew so queer a start as this sure as eggs is eggs that is the very blackguard i drubbed for his insolence his voice is enough and his snuffle and i believe he was rubbing his nose in the dark i'm sure he's the man i could swear it's the man though i could not see his filthy face at all my father to be in a conspiracy with him and poor cinnaminta and mr overshoot what the dickens is the meaning of it all the governor has a thousand times my brains as everybody says and i am the last to grudge it to him and he thinks he can do what he likes with me i am not quite sure of that if he puts my pecker up too heavily to throw his favorite light on his own reflections kit sharp lit his pipe and followed slowly in his father's wake wiser and wider and brighter men might be found betwixt every two lamp-posts but few more simple soft and gentle than this honest lawyer's son End of chapter forty two